I was, I don't know, he's not complaining, but I was telling the Lord, Lord, why can't I just speak of something that will encourage the people? Why do I have to speak on this? And the Lord says, that is encouragement. So I know I am in God's will this morning. I was crying out to Him while we were worshiping Him. Because in my heart, really what I want to do is to speak words of encouragement. Reggie, it's good to see you. Yeah. Uh, I wanted words of encouragement. And I believe that this is a word of encouragement. The reason why I believe it, I believe this, is because God is preparing us for something greater than ourselves. And we have to be ready. You know, Jesus said, you know, if those who hear the word, if they understand the word and follow, after, follow through with the word, they'll be like a wise man, right? Found his house on the rock. And that's kind of tough. But you have to have a good foundation for something good, something great to come to you. And that's what I want to do this morning, uh, to get us back to the foundation of our calling. Everyone who is born again is called of God. And God is calling us to something that will glorify His name. The Bible says that everything that you do, in word and in deed, you must do to the glory. So we want to glorify God. That's our calling. Everything you do in word and in deed, to the glory of God. That's the sure foundation that nothing can, nothing can shake. Father, we thank you. We just ask that you speak to us today. Spirit of the living God, you are the teacher. Your people came to you today to hear from your throne. Speak, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, the title of the message I title is to be pleasing to the Lord. How to be pleasing to the Lord. We are in difficult times. You know, these, there are people who I know are Christians, but you won't use the word lazy, but they're careless about the way they are living. And this is a very serious business, following God. I may not be preaching a whole lot today, but I'm talking to family. This is a very serious business. This, what we're doing was purchased by the blood of, of, of God's Son. He died pouring out His life. He gave all to us so that you can give all. And anything less than all is unacceptable. You see, I tell people, I said, you know, you need to understand. You, you are not the one that paid the price. He paid this price. And you don't want to meet Him when it's all over. And you live for yourself. Whereas He lived for you. Full 33 years, not a day for himself. He lived every day for your good, for your betterment, so that life will be good for you. He lived every single day, shed every single blood, everything in his body he gave to buy you to himself because you are so precious. So, so precious. Doesn't matter how you think about yourself. Doesn't matter what people have said about you. You are unique. You are special to God. 
And he put you on this earth at this time. Because he says this is the best time to bring my daughter into the world. This is the best time to put my son there. And he's talking about you. You're very special to him. And you are so special. He gave all. Jesus gave all. He said greater love has no man than this. Than for a man to lay his life down for his friend. He calls you his friend. Don is good to have you here. You saw your face. Please pardon me. I'm, I'm excited to see this family here. Um, you see how beautiful this is? The painting back there. Don did that. Don, would you stand up, please, so we can see you? I'm so glad you came. Thank you. I don't know why this keeps happening to me. I stop in the middle of my message. <laughs> But we're family, right? And you'll forgive me, yeah. So, back to the message now. So he gave everything for you. That you are so precious. I wish I knew this. And I don't have to fear anything anymore. God is on my side. I don't have to fear the future. God is on my side. My future is bright. Your future is bright. Just relax in that. Relax in that. God loves you. And who said it this morning? God loves me. Now what God needs to hear is you saying to him, I love you. Would you say that this morning? And that's not my message. But I want you to say it. Say it with me. I love you. Say it with me. Say, God, I truly love you. Yeah, that's the truth. Just as it's glad in a father's heart when the children come up to daddy, mommy, I love you, mommy, I love you, daddy. Especially when they are not expecting anything like that. Yes. And you put your arms around them and say, I love you too. Amen. He loves us. And so he tells us the truth about life. We don't need to be careless in the way we serve God. He paid the price for every one of you. Now, if you're careless in your relationship with God, it doesn't affect Him. It affects you and your future. See? That's why as a pastor, I can see you, just let it be. Because you you affecting your own future. He means well for you. He wants to bless you. But you have to hold the faith that you have. The knowledge that millions in the world don't have. It's you so special. He revealed that to you. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my father draws him. You were seen by the father. He considered you. I like that one. You're special. That's a great privilege. Now it's up to you to do what you want with that. He'll let you go, just like he let the prodigal son go. He'll just let you go. And you suffer the consequence of a prodigal son. But you can decide to stay with the Father and enjoy all. Because I believe this coming year is going to be a year of abundance. I've been saying it, we said it from the very beginning, that God is going to give us millionaires. He's done that. When we were saying it, we were few. I said, God is going to give us. 
And I'm not through with that. I believe that God is going to make millionaires out of it. Is this just Christianity? No. I just want to see God in action. According to His Word. That's all I want. I want to see God take a man, change him, and do something great. And He is able. Everyone says God can do anything, right? Well, I want Him to do this one time. And He'll do it. And has done it. But we need to follow His ways. You know, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, it says, Enter by the narrow gate. He's talking to every one of us. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Now, destruction here, and destruction hereafter. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. So, a majority don't win the vote with God. Just because everyone is doing it doesn't mean it's right with God. We are separate. We are different. We are supposed to walk this narrow road. If you have to walk a narrow road, it's not very convenient, right? You like the broad road. But God says the broad road will lead to destruction. Is this narrow road God gave His Son those words? Because Jesus said, I say nothing except what I hear the Father saying. So it was God the Father that was saying to us, You want the path to life? Walk this narrow road. Don't feel uncomfortable when you are walking the narrow road. It's not going to be very convenient. But this is the way to go if you want life. Narrow, it says, because narrow is the gate. And difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few that find it. Few find that one. You know, when it says the word find, means you've got to search for it, right? You've got to search for it. You can't sit back. You've got to search for it. You search to find this narrow way. This is life. You got to search for it. And God says, if you search for me with all of your heart, you'll find me. Not some of your heart, all of your heart. Some people want to give God some of your heart. And they hope they will find God that way. Now that's a miserable place to be. Because you want to find God, you're not finding God, and then you can't find the world either. So you're standing, struggling between the two, it won't work. That's a miserable person. Go all the way and find life. We have to be pleasing to the Master if you come in. You wonder why God is doing so much in a person's life and the other person saved about the same time. You can't see any evidence of God's presence in their life. Nothing different from the rest of them. Except that they say they're Christian. I don't want to be that type of Christian. And you don't. And no one here will be that in Jesus' name. No one is going to be that here. We have to be pleasing to Him. Look at what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6 verse 40. A disciple is not above his teacher. But everyone who is perfectly trained. Everyone who is what? Perfectly trained. Will be like his teacher. Have you been trained? To be trained means to learn a skill to do a job. Learn a skill to do 
Ajab. It's teaching through practical experience. To be trained. When you come into the house of God, when you become a believer, God, Jesus is saying, you are being trained to be like the master. In Matthew chapter 10 verse 25, this Jesus said, it is enough for the servant to be like his master. You can't be above your master, but it is enough. God says, it's God's will for your life to be like his son. It sounds kind of tough, but that's what God wants. He wants you to be as pleasing to Him as His Son, Jesus Christ. And so that's the goal for the Christian. That's the search for the Christian. That should be the desire for the Christian. That's what you strive to be. You can't sit and be satisfied. You want to be like the Master. That's the thing. You can't be careless because you won't find, that, find it that way. You got to really push on. You know, the Bible says it's a fight. We want to be just like the master. It is enough for the servant to be like his master. Why would Jesus tell us that if it's, that's not God's desire? That's his desire. I want to be trained to be like him. To do the things that Jesus did. Not just to live, say how holy I am. Pay to do the things that Jesus did. I want to see some of those things in my life. Every one of us, if you are being trained by God, you will begin to see those things in your life. Don't be satisfied. Don't be satisfied. There are a lot to do. It's strange, you know, I'm a pastor today, but boy, I, I knew this from, from way back then. I didn't have to wait for pastor. I knew that Jesus said you can cast out devils. I wanted to do that also. I knew he said you can pray for the sick and heal the blind. And all of that. I wanted to do that also. Being a Christian is not just enough. If you just want to be a Christian and get to heaven, you'll sit back. But that's not a good place to be. But if you set your eyes on being just like the master, God will show it to you. Some of our ladies went to Nigeria, but they've been hearing the message. That God can walk through them. And three people received their, their hearing. People who were deaf. One, maybe so, one or two, deaf and dumb. Pastor wasn't there. But they prayed for these women, or these men, whoever they were. But God healed them instantly. Their ears got opened. You can't stay there and be satisfied. Something is not right. You're not yet like your master. Amen. I am not yet like my master. I'm striving. I want to be like him. In every way. In every way I want to be like him. Young people don't be satisfied. Don't be like the rest of them. You're not like the rest of them. You don't see yourself that way. God called you out just like he called Abraham out. He did. So you are not like the rest of them. No. Refuse to accept that label on your life. Refuse it. And God will make you great in the land. That's His promise. We want to be like the Master. We want to be pleasing to the Lord. Like the Master. The things that Jesus did pleased the Father. Right? God was pleased. I never seen God that excited. 
I still am not sure if we've seen God that excited till this very day. I mean, God was not just speaking to prophets in the time of Jesus. He just come out in the open and speak. And everyone will hear. That he speaks out openly. So everyone could hear. You don't have to go through a prophet now. No thoughts say the Lord. He comes out and speaks for himself. What he's thinking. God was pleased with Jesus. Very pleased with him. In Matthew 3, verse 15... The Bible tells us, but Jesus answered and said to him, this was talking about John. This is actually a story of Jesus wanting to be baptized. Jesus wanted to be baptized, and John the Baptist was being baptized. That was his cousin, a great man of God, and Jesus knew about it and went to meet with him in Jordan and said, I want to be baptized by you, John. And John said, no, I know you. You are God's son, you don't have sin in your life. I only baptize sinners. (laughs) You need to baptize me, John said. And this is what Jesus said to him. Permit it to be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill some righteousness. Oh, righteousness. See, Jesus was after righteousness. It is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. He may say, well, I don't need to, he he didn't need to be baptized. Why was he asking to be baptized? He had his mind on righteousness. Righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. When John heard it, he was persuaded. Because John also understood what fulfilling all righteousness meant. And so he said, then he allowed him. And Jesus was baptized. Notice, after he fulfilled all righteousness, as he got off from the water, the Bible tells us the heavens, the heavens was opened. When you in your life truly desire to allow righteousness to flow through your life, guess what's going to happen? The heavens will be opened. And the Holy Spirit came on him. In a bodily form, a dove, and stayed on him. When you desire to fulfill all righteousness, guess what's going to come to you? The heaven will be opened. And the spirit of the living God. You know, when it came, the Bible says the spirit was given to Jesus, not in a measure. I mean, it was the full spirit of the living God. Came on him and stayed on him. And then it says in verse 17, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. A voice actually came from heaven and spoke. Sometimes you think that he was speaking to Jesus and John the Baptist. No, everyone that was around heard it. God spoke from thin hair. God spoke and everybody heard it. And Jesus referred to it. You can read in John chapter 5 verse 37. Jesus referred to this. He said, you've never heard God's voice before. None of you have. And in in John chapter 8 also, verse 18, Jesus referred to it. That God actually spoke. He says, I bear witness of myself, and the Father who sent me, he bore witness of me. You can go ask the disciples of John. He spoke out. But that was not the only time. 
In Matthew chapter 17, verse 5, it says, while he was, this is the Mount of Transfiguration, that's, you know, about 14 chapters later. He was already living his life for God. God said to the disciples, I'll just read it, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud saying, God was speaking again, this is my beloved son. In whom I am well pleased. Hear him. So God was speaking. He's saying, I am well pleased with this man. That should be the desire of every believer. That God will be speaking of your life. I am truly pleased. That's my goal. Not to impress people. You know, last week I talked about people who, you know, uh, have this uh, self-imposed religion. And they disfigure themselves, maltreat their bodies, to be seen of men, just to get praise of men. That's all they get. You mistreat your body. You do things so that people will see. God says, I, I don't want any of that. That's righteousness of man. He's unacceptable. People talk about the sacrifice they've made. I don't want to hear your sacrifice. I've been through sacrifice. They put me in chain before. Because, because I received Christ. Who wants to hear about your sacrifice? There's only one sacrifice. The sacrifice Jesus made. Don't focus on your sacrifice. What's that going to do for you? Your sacrifice is not going to save me. You just want me to see what great things you're doing. I don't care about those things. I want to hear about the sacrifice of Christ. That's what's important. There's only one sacrifice. You only do things so people see. Self-imposed religion. You torture yourself so people will see and give you praise. And you get your reward. Jesus said that. That's the spirit of the Pharisee. We don't want that. So we must always tell, I have nothing to prove to anybody. I can afford to be myself. You have to say that to yourself. I have nothing to prove to any man. When that sinks into your heart, you lose the fear of man, you focus on God and God alone. And guess what God will do? He lifts you up. I don't know how many times I, years ago I, I got this I knew I was afraid of man I was afraid to stand before people and speak <laughs> I know you don't believe that but that's the truth you know you got nervous you know because you want to be right I don't care about that anymore I just want to I, I care you know so people hear the word that's understanding but if I'm doing what is right <laughs> whether you like it or not doesn't matter as long as it's pleasing to him but you know something, when it's pleasing to him, guess what? It's also pleasing to God. Amen. You find favor with God first, and then you find favor with men. So you focus on God pleasing God first, and when you get God's favor, and you are, he's pleased with you, guess what? They will be pleased. Jesus, God was pleased with him. And because of his sacrifice, men will give their lives. And have done so. Amen. But he was focused on pleasing the Father alone. Please the Father. There were two amazing statements, you know. Every time I read them, you know, I, I know, you know, I want to tell myself, you know. Well, he was the son of God. He had the right to say that. 
But one thing that you, you, you know, I have to know, when Jesus was here, he was not drawing from his deity to live the life. He wasn't drawing from that. He was living fully as a man. If that were not true, then he couldn't expect me to live his life. There's no way I could. But that would be wrong for him to expect me. Well, you're drawing from God. I'm not God. Right? But he says, you are the light of the world. After he said, I am the light of the world. Nice you. And the Bible tells us, as he is, so are we in this world. So what is that saying? He wants me to be as pleasing to the Father as he was. Amen. That's the truth. Now, the point is, it's not you doing anything. It's you believing in him that he can make you. Amen. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. It's you believing, not you doing something, but believing and through faith in him, stepping out based on his word alone. And he is there to meet you. And you become pleasing to the Father. And you're focused because his spirit then takes, it's not by power, it's not by might, it's by his spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit came. Because Jesus loved righteousness. And so when he decided to, I want to fulfill all righteousness, baptize me. And then God says, I'll open up the heaven. And I'll pour you the spirit of righteousness. All of it. Amen. So you can touch the world for me. You can't live a righteous life or a holy life without the Holy Spirit. It's not possible. He is called the Holy Spirit. And He brings that to our life. These two amazing statements. First statement is in John chapter 8 verse 29. Jesus said, And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone. Why? He says, for or because I always do those things that please Him. Not sometimes. I always do those things that please Him. And because I always do those things that please Him, He's always around me. He's there with me everywhere I go. The Father cannot leave me alone. He's always with me. Because I always do those things. So it's a doing of things. Those things that please Him. That's what we want to do. I want to get to the place by God's grace. Don't say I'm not going to make mistake. Even in my mistake. He looks over it. And he's still pleased. Because he knows my heart. I want to do what is right. I am determined. I'm not going to take the grace of God for granted. I know that. My mind is made up. And God will see that. And you'll be pleasing. I always do those things that please Him. How important is that? God was with Him. You know what happens if God is with you? When God is always around you, uh, strange things happen. They are called miracles. They always happen around you. 
in, in, in uh, Acts 10, verse 38, it says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. With what? The Holy Spirit and with power. The Holy Spirit came on him when, after he got baptized. When Jesus said, I want this done because I want to fulfill all righteousness. The Holy Spirit came on him. He was anointed, you know, he was driven into the wilderness. And then he said he came from the wilderness with much power. And all of a sudden, things started happening. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good? When God anoints you with the Holy Spirit, you can't help yourself. You begin to do what? Do good. You can't help yourself. You just started the good. Your heart will be good. You just want to do good. Because you have been anointed. But the anointing is equivalent to your desire to fulfill all righteousness. That's what it is. He went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. Why? God was with him. God was with him. I always do the things that please him. He hasn't left me. He's always with me. Jesus said. And when he's with you, you'll be doing good. The miracles will be happening. Satan's kingdom will be suffering. Amen. Because you love righteousness. Another statement Jesus made in, in, in John. He said, I will no longer talk much with you. John 14 verse 30 I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming that's Satan and he has nothing in me can you imagine the ruler of this world Satan is coming he has nothing in me he has nothing in me there's nothing in me that he can put his finger on there is nothing for him to hang on to in my life absolutely nothing if he's searching he will find nothing he has no part in my life at all that's incredible that's why he couldn't do anything to the son he totally misunderstood the son there was no way to figure out the son of God even in his death, the Bible says if the princes of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified the prince of life. Because the crucifixion of the prince of life brought their destruction. They didn't understand this guy. They couldn't figure him out. He has nothing in me. Your goal as a Christian is when Satan comes, he can't find anything in you. He can't find anything in you. He can't find a way to accuse you in anything. Jesus loved righteousness. And so his anointing was so powerful. Because Jesus, Satan can find, could find nothing in him. He loved righteousness. God filled him powerfully with the Holy Spirit. Everything is tied to the Spirit. I'd like you to see that this morning. He's so tied with the Spirit. In Hebrews 1, verse, uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, You, God speaking to his son, 
talking to his son. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity or lawlessness. Therefore God, your God has anointed you with the oil that's the anointing of gladness more than your companions. Why was he anointed more than every other person? Because he loved righteousness more. Not because of his righteousness, but because he loved righteousness. And so God filled him with the anointing for righteousness. And the end result is great miracles. You know, believers, we have to turn around. We have to love righteousness. We have to do what is, what is right. We can't live carelessly and expect God to be moving in our lives. I see that happening a lot because people are thinking everyone is doing it. Everyone is not doing it. Whatever it means. Everyone is not. God has called us to love righteousness. It is the love of righteousness that brings the anointing. It is the love of God that ushers in the law of the spirit of life. You can't live carelessly. These days are very tough times. On Sunday is called the Lord's Day. Sunday is the Lord's Day. But today is the day of rest for, for believers. I mean, it's something if you're busy or you're out of town, you have nowhere to go. But to stay home and say this is the Lord's day and you are resting at home. When the scripture says in, in uh, Hebrews 10 verse 25, don't forsake the assembling of yourself together. But now your family is more important to you than God on Christ's day. Something is not right. And you wonder why God can't do much in your life. Do you love righteousness? You think righteousness is doing what is right before God. See, righteousness is doing what is right. That is not right. And you know, with God, you can do one little thing. And you may think it's so insignificant. And that cuts you off. Saul didn't know that just saving these few souls in 1 Samuel 15... He didn't realize that just saving this, he thought he was doing what was right. The people said, keep this for sacrifice. But God had said, don't do that. Kill everything. And for that one little mistake, he lost his kingdom. And the Spirit of God left him, and the demon replaced that. These things are so important, we can't live carelessly. We just cannot. You listen to what God says, and you better listen. He paid a serious price. When you do that, God knows. God said to Abraham, He said, now I know that you fear God. After he told him to kill his son. As if he didn't know. But he had to see the demonstration of it. And then God said, now I know that you fear God. Well, when you do something that God said not to do, it wasn't a commandment for Abraham. God just said, I want you to do this. Right? And he did it. God said, now I know. I will bless you. In blessing, I'm going to swear with my own name. When you do the opposite, you just demonstrate to God that you really don't care. One little mistake 
It may not be that bad thing that everyone is talking about. Because we are always looking at this huge thing. It may just be one little disobedience. And you are standing in the house of God cold. And the people are feeling His presence and you are feeling nothing. I don't want to be there. I have been there. It's very painful. I have been there. I have been there. I see God moving and I'm like a stranger just looking. Was I sinning? No. I got myself too involved with something else. No sin. I just didn't have much time. And I was dry. And he was very painful. And I was crying out to the Lord, God, please give me, just, if you can make it possible, so that I can draw closer again. And feel that refreshing. You don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. We must love righteousness. That's what church is all about. Not just to go to church and feel good. And then in secret you're doing things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And hope that you can just say these few words of prayer and God will forgive you. Well, God will forgive you, but Satan knows you've come into his territory. You cross the line. And he'll accuse you before God. God, look, I got rights here. This person crossed the line. I've prayed with people who were demon-possessed. And these demons comes out and said, This is mine, mine. I have a right to be here. Why? Because the person opened the door. You, they opened the door. We can't afford to do that. I don't have too much time this morning, but you can't. God is preparing us for something great this coming year. Prepare yourself to receive the abundance from God, but shun that which is evil. i got to move real fast because my time is gone. You know, we have to move into the spirit of life. I will go down real fast. Holiness for the Christian is a must. It's a must. The Bible says you are bought with a price. You are a slave. A slave cannot make their own decision. They listen to the master. But we have a benevolent master. He lets you do whatever you want. But the consequence of this is too grievous. It's so painful. When it's all over, it's not worth it. And then the blessings on the other side is so great. I mean, you're missing on both ends. Look. If you obey the blessings, the Bible tells us, the blessings will come upon you and overtake you. But to be doing things that you shouldn't be doing in secret is not good. You are destroying yourself. Did somebody tell me something? No, I don't know who I'm talking to. I really don't know. But you know yourself. When you have tasted of the love of God, give yourself to it. Marry yourself to it. Be united to it. And watch God do great wonders in your life. Today is a day to just completely turn around and begin to serve God with all of your heart. 1 John 3, 6 and 7 Whoever abides in Him does not sin. Now he's talking about practice of sin. Okay? And you get that later. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. <laughs> if you're practicing sin, 
You don't know Him. If you taste your doing and you know, unless you are right now at this time crying out to God for deliverance, if it doesn't bother you, you don't know Him. And God help you. I'm not speaking to anyone here. Amen? God help you. You can't pass on that way. Unless you are crying out to God. If you are sinning, it says you don't know Him. It says, little children, let no one deceive you. Don't let anyone deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. If you are not practicing righteousness, you are not righteous. Don't let anyone deceive you. It's not going to church that does it. I'm not mad at anything I'm trying to help. I really, that's why I was telling the Lord, God, why do I have to preach this today? You see what I'm, where I'm going? I like something encouraging. God says, no, that's encouragement. I want to speak to some of these people here. That's what's going to launch them to their great future. Your great destiny. And He has one for every one of us. The one who practices righteousness is righteous. Don't let anyone deceive you. If you're not practicing righteousness, you can shake the preacher's hand. You can say you saw angel feathers fall from heaven. Say whatever you want. You are not practicing righteousness. A believer ought to practice righteousness. And if you are not practicing, we know who you belong to. And read that book. Especially for John 3, it's so clear. He says, the children of God are different from the children of the devil. Those who practice sin, children of the devil. Those who practice righteousness, children of God. In this way, they're different. I got to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not just here to be a pastor. They say, he got a good message. I don't care about the good message. I want to see you in heaven. And I want to see God do a great thing in your life. Because we've got great kids here. We've got great people, men and women here. But we need to turn away from that which is evil. Especially when you know without a doubt this is bad. Don't you go there. You play into the devil's hand. You know Jesus said, please pardon me today, but i got this in my heart. If your right hand causes you to sin, what did he say? Oof, pluck it out. Pluck it out. This is serious business. Your right hand, he says, cut it out. Please don't go do that literally. So we don't have people coming to church with only one left hand. He says, I am being really righteous. My right hand is gone for the Lord, right? <laughs> Look, I'm going to end with this scripture. In Hebrews 12, 14, 15. He says, pursue peace with all people. How many people? All of them. What are we supposed to do? Pursue peace. If there are people that you have unforgiveness, that have wronged you, let go. Forgive them. Pursue peace with all people. Believers and unbelievers alike. Sometimes we are more mad at believers than we are of unbelievers. We excuse them by saying, well, they don't know better. But these know better. So I'm mad. 
But that's where God wants you to forgive. As much as it lies within you. Forgive. Let go. You know, God is saying this is the way to real life. Forgive. Let them go. Pray for them. Pray for those who despitefully used you. Love your enemies, Jesus said. That's the way of the kingdom. Love them. Pray for them. He says, when you do that, then you are truly a child of your father. Then you are truly like Jesus. Then you are pleasing to the master. Then he'll be with you wherever you go. And then these signs that follow the believer follow you. Pursue peace with all people. Every one of them. The good and the bad. And holiness. Without which, no one will see the Lord. Holiness is so important. Holiness is not like sitting in the lotus position and going, Ooh, like. Some people like to do that. They just want to be seen. That's self-imposed religion. But being kind-hearted, being loving to people, sometimes going the extra mile, forgiving, praying for them, showing them the love of Jesus. That's holiness. Doing what God, drawing towards God, drawing nearer, nearer to you, my Savior, drawing closer to God. And God, you're always there. You know of Anna, he was, she was in the temple for so many years. She just wanted to be near God. And that's what we see in you. You love God. That's holiness. The Bible says she was holy. Because she was there all the time. Holiness, without which, no one will see the Lord. Now, when we hear no one will see the Lord, you know what people think? Well, no one is going to see God in heaven. You go to hell. But that's not just all of it. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Just part of the Sermon on the Mount, right? Not see God when we get up there, but see God right here. God reveals himself to you. Just like he did with the three disciples. Jesus stripped the earthly flesh off and they saw his glory. They saw God. When we do what is right, we see him. And then we see his power. It says, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Don't fall short of the grace of God. You see, that's possible. Be careful. That's why I said you can't live the way you like. You will fall short of the grace of God. And that's detrimental to your soul. He says, look carefully. So no one falls short of the grace of God. You are what you are by the grace of God. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. You can't be any holy. He said, by the grace of God. So look carefully. Pursue peace, holiness. Looking carefully. Carefully. Lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness. Springing up. Cause trouble. And by this many be defiled. That's why you know. The complainers and people who want to gossip. I mean they can defy your heart real quick. Just one word. You hear it, and you're defiled. <laughs> and you think different about it, differently from the way you used to think about a, diff- about a person. 
we have to show grace. And I've told, told our, our staff members, uh, everything that you do must lead to redemption. You are passionate. You want to correct it. You want to do something about it. But is it going to help? Is it going to lead to redemption? Will the person feel better? You got the word of God. God has told me to say. But the way you're going to say it, is it going to lead to redemption or is it going to destroy them? You're not working in love? Then it's not right. Don't allow your good to be evil spoken of. Amen. Please stand up with me today. Prepare yourself for this coming year. I'm going to do this as I feel that everyone, whether you're saved or not, this can be your day to know Christ. But you heard the word and something in your heart is saying, I want to totally devote my life to Him from this year. Whether you are born again or not, you're saying, I heard this word. I know God was speaking to me. And I'm going to do everything in my power by the grace of God to be pleasing to Him this coming year. This is not New Year's resolution. This is Him. All He's asking is for you to love righteousness enough. And that's you. You want to give everything. You made mistakes in the past, but you don't want to go there anymore. I'd like you to come here before I stand before the Lord. Please come. Stand before the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Thank you. Sometimes we play games. And we're concerned about men. You don't want to go there. You've done things. It's really dangerous when you're saying, I don't want them to know that there's something wrong with my life. Well, God already knows. And if you keep hiding it, He'll expose it one day. Then it will be late. We need to totally put everything out. I'm waiting on you. Please calm down. Please calm down. Because Jesus is standing right here. You like to meet him, don't you? He's standing right here. For some, it's a new beginning. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by the Spirit of God. You're saying, from this very day, I am dedicating my life back again to God. And I am by His power. You can do it. He will do it for you. That's why I'm standing here. I can't speak a word that I know God will not confirm. God will confirm it. But if that's you, I need you to honor God today. Come down here. I'm waiting on you. And Jesus Himself. You can't see Him. But He's standing here waiting on you. Please come down.
Thank you, Master. See, I said before, it's a word of encouragement. Not to put anybody down. That's not the ministry. The ministry is to lift. As you come down today, those of you that are here, I'm saying in the name of the Lord, you will experience in your life a special grace from this day. I say it in the name of Jesus. He alone can give grace. You will receive today multiplied grace from God. Over these few years, God has taught me a lot about living for Him righteously. And He's been very helpful to me. And I pray that God will help me to share my heart with what He's, what he's given to me. It's been a lot of freedom. No struggle. Now my struggle is different. My struggle is to see how the body of Christ that God has placed with me in ministry, how they can grow and become so large. That's my, that's my thing now. And God is going to do it for everyone who is willing. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. Prayer partners, please come. Please come down. Uh, Angela, I want you to go. Uh, you and Irina be around uh, Mrs. Uh, Martinez. Please. Sherman, David. That's Mr. Martinez, David, back there. I want you all to go back there. And stand around David. He's on the wheelchair. Change my mind. Please bring David up front. Please, Charlie. Thank you, Jesus. I know God is here with us today. He promised he'll be here. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Prayer partners, please pray for these that are in front here. Please just agree with them in prayer. Thank you. Wes, you and Christy come off and please help me pray with people here.